contrary to popular belief, professionalism is not dead on football and other F-words. Welcome to Football and Other F-Words. I'm your host, Michael Gillum. I'm joined by Zach Lyons and Michael Herndon, and all three of us are brought to you by broadwaysportsmedia.com. Come check us out. We have articles, podcasts, all the lovely things that you want to listen to and watch and consume during the off-season because God knows we're in the middle of it, and we're here to entertain you through it. You can find us all at broadwaysportsmedia.com. Check us out. Good morning, gentlemen. It is officially off-season, and now we get to sit here and speculate about NFL football for multiple months instead of actually watching games. It's exactly what all of us want all season. This is kind of in our wheelhouse, though. This is when I feel like we're the most correct, is in the off-season. <laughs> we, we, we nail the off-season pretty, pretty well every year. The draft, the free agency this is our wheelhouse. So contrary, is- contrary to popular belief, professionalism is not dead on football and other F-words. Oh, I'm about to absolutely kill it. But off-season is where I get to make shit up in the beginning of February. And then by the time the draft rolls around, nobody remembers it. Well, this is when all the coaching stories come out. You know, Adam Gase drama and all this stuff. I mean, again, yes. right in your wheelhouse. I mean, this is, this Perfect. is your this is our bread and butter. Perfect. Michael, we didn't even let you talk. Well, time to Hello, shine. That's, that's fine. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just over here reveling in the off-season. Professionalism. Just enjoying the the silence, the silence of non-professionalism. <laughs> um, Super Bowl Fifty Five was exactly what everybody thought it was going to be. It was the Chiefs not scoring a touchdown. Did you ever find the odds <laughs> that on terrible that? Chiefs offense. The closest I found was it was like plus fifty five hundred that Tampa would pitch a shutout, which is not what technically happened i mean it's about as close as a shutout as you can get three field goals out of a high scoring offense is about like a shutout but i never could find the exact odds it had to be high and i i'm no, i know a story will come out in the next couple of days of some idiot who bet 20 grand that the chiefs wouldn't score and now he's rolling around a filthy pile of cash well why while some people think the professionalism is dead um the Defense wins championships is still alive, baby. I mean, holy (laughs) crap. Defense wins championships. Hey, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I like it's, I believe it, but I, because we talked about it on our podcast. So I talked about all over Twitter, but we talked about the last few weeks about how this Tampa Bay defense is so good, so quick. It has, it dragged them through the majority of the playoffs to the Super Bowl. It, it was phenomenal, and here it comes. We'll talk about the NFL honors a little later, but this is kind of why I feel like the coach of the year and all that stuff should maybe wait a little bit because I like Brian Dable, and I think he did a good job with Josh Allen, And but he's been there doing that for a couple of years. Todd Bowles deserves some some love, and I know he's getting it now that everybody has, like, millions and millions of people have actually tuned in to watch Super Bowl because they probably aren't tuning in. A lot to watch Tampa Bay, but Todd Bowles, not Byron Leftwich, by the way, don't get the two confused like some poor guy did um, in a press conference, but Todd Bowles deserves some love for, I think, I think he got robbed of assistant coach of the year. 
And you could make a case for it for sure. I mean, the, the Bucks defense was fantastic. It, they were better in the playoffs than they were in the regular season, frankly. I mean, they they had nine forced turnovers in the playoffs and only allowed eight touchdowns. So they, they forced more turnovers than they allowed touchdowns in the postseason. They also had 10 sacks. Um, they were absolutely on fire uh, these last few weeks. I mean, if you go back and look at that, uh, Saints Bucks game in the I guess it was the divisional round of the playoffs and the Saints were up 20 to 13 and like midway through the third quarter and they were driving they were out at midfield they hit that slant pass to to Jared Cook on uh, what was it third and two or something like that and he has the first down and, and then more um, and they're gonna have the ball inside the Tampa Bay 40 yard line again already up seven uh, with the chance to go in and make it a two-score game and really put some pressure on uh, the Bucks, And uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. Pop, pops that uh, that ball out. Um, what, what's his name? Uh, Devin White. Uh, professionalism is dead. Uh, <laughs> picks it up and returns it. And then the, the Bucks go in and score. And then it, the whole game flipped on his head. They turned Breeze over two more times after that, uh, setting up more Bucks uh, opportunities to score. So, I mean – that game completely turned on a Bucks defensive play. Um, and then the Super Bowl, of course. I mean, watching the Chiefs offense, I mean, Patrick Mahomes just – it was like the ball would snap and it was immediate chaos and Patrick Mahomes is just running around in the backfield like a, like a farm animal that's trying to, like, you know, be herded into to, uh, corral or whatever. I mean, it was insane watching them. It was like they they let loose a bunch of wild dogs after him every snap. It was unbelievable how quick Tampa Bay was getting into the backfield and just Mahomes trying to make shit happen. I mean, just it was crazy to watch. It it was a great defensive performance, and I mean, it's kind of surprising to see it honestly because I mean the Chiefs were just so unstoppable. I mean, nine points from that offense is a, I know the tackles were out and all that stuff, but the, the Chiefs scored 38 on the bills with four of those five offensive linemen on the field against the bills in the championship game two weeks ago. So, I mean, it, it's not like they hadn't been able to function with these guys before. Next gen stats has Patrick Mahomes scrambling for 497 yards in the backfield before either taking a sack or throwing passes I, it literally, it's cliche, but it was Benny Hill music, like just yeah. snap and then crazy sacks running around. <laughs> I, I kind of felt bad for him, you know, just the guy was, he could not complete, they could not get a series stapled together to save their life. It was very unfortunate to watch. Not unfortunate for me because I bet the Bucks money line because I just learned you just don't bet against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Just don't do it. There's some sort of weird cosmic energy that is going to cause the man to keep winning. Um, so yeah, let's talk about. Um, can we talk about Antoine and the peace sign yes. right in Tyreek Hill's face? <laughs> yes, my favorite player, Antoine Winfield. <laughs> I mean, okay. So it was well deserved. Antoine is the one who got burned earlier in the season when they played, and Tyreek 
did he catch it, run down the field, turn around and put a peace sign right in his face? And yeah, then- he, he turned around and, and threw the peace sign up as he was like going into the end zone, right in, yeah. in Winfield's face. And I, so that, that moment was actually my favorite moment of the Super Bowl. I think it was, yeah, fantastic. I mean, it was, and it was like right in his face. The kneel down and the the peace sign right in his face. Of course, the NFL was not having that. Just there were you could hear the old flapping jowls of the NFL from better throw a flag there. So but no, fantastic moment. I loved it. I bet he absolutely just ate up every 15 yards that he got out of that. That was uh there was something about the way in which he put his hand out too. It was just so forceful. If this was a a video medium, I'd be able to explain it so much better, but there was just something about the way he delivered the peace sign that just had the perfect amount of fuck you in it. It was just, it was the best taunting penalty there's ever been in NFL history. I mean, not even close. That's number one. uh, And I won't hear any arguments otherwise. So speaking of which, Tyron Matthew kind of came unglued a little bit, which definitely cost. I mean, what he was personally responsible for at least 30 yards of penalties on his own, just from flags and Brady getting under his skin. And that's that's exactly what you can't have happen if you're a defensive player, if you're if you're a player in general, is to allow the other team to get under your skin. And Brady's good about that. I mean, you know, he's gonna specifically target you if if he's trying to get under your skin and then Matthew kind of came apart a little bit. Dude's got to hold his composure. Yeah, I, I apparently there was something said by Tom Brady and the way that Matthew, the honey badger, kind of alluded to kind of sound like maybe it was a little uh, racially charged. But, you know, it is what it is. You got to keep your composure no matter what's going on because they're always going to find the second guy. They never find the first guy, right? They never get the first guy and give him the penalty. It's always the second guy. And um, especially when that first guy is Tom Brady, right? They're yeah, not right. A flag on him. Come on. Yeah. So, I mean, to be honest, you know, it sucks. The refs, I thought, were horrible this game. It was one of the worst Super Bowls. I've ever watched. I mean, from top to bottom to, to the game itself, to the refs, to the production of the halftime show, the, the, all of it. I was just, I was very, very bored by the third into the third period, beginning of the fourth or into the third quarter to fourth quarter. I was just like, I'm out. The commercials were bad. I mean, every, everything was just, it, it was a big letdown on multiple levels. Uh, all across the board, it, I'm having a hard time thinking of a worse Super Bowl. It, I pro- probably, I guess, if you, I mean, I was there, so I guess maybe Rams and Patriots wasn't everybody's cup of tea. And so I will say maybe that's probably the worst one of the last, you know, 10 years. But this is, this is way up there as one of the worst Super Bowls ever. I only enjoyed it because I gambled on the, on the Bucks. That's it. That's, that's the only reason why I enjoyed watching it. I was pretty bored throughout it. That halftime production was lame as shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just was. The weekend was no energy. I mean, the music was, was predictable. It was, it was his hits, but it just was just weird and not 
enjoyable to watch and just lifeless. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's because we're too old for, for what the target demographic was for for the halftime show. I mean, I, I honestly, I like the weekend's music. I just don't think he's a great halftime of the Super Bowl performer. Like I need somebody who's putting on like a show, right? I mean, not, I mean, he's just kind of standing there singing for the most part. So well, I don't, but when I, he came out and said that he's spending $7 million on his own halftime show, I expected something. I mean, The Weeknd is a performer, and he is a a really good one for our, for everything I've heard, that his live shows are, are fun to go to and everything. But that's what you spend $7 million on a something, a fun, you can go rent a fun house mirror thing and you just paint it gold. And then you got a bunch of people wrapped up in bandages. Whoop-de-doo. I mean, like you did, you did everything that everybody has done ever, which is fireworks and you have a live band and live singers and you have dancers. Wow. $7 million of your own money is spent towards that. I would hate to see his financial advisor after the halftime show just like going, well, that was a waste of time. That was a Vince, waste of money. Vince what, Young is is actually his financial advisor, so it's fine. Look, what <laughs> I I would have preferred if you just bring out like Guar, okay? Opening salvo of guitars, you open cages, wild animals are set loose on the field. Security is trying to get these motherfuckers under control. And Guar is just playing. You have no idea when the halftime is going to end because you've just got wild hogs that are just, they're mauling people. I'm sorry. Just this, that got out of hand. Um, the, it, the streamer <clears throat> should have just come out like mid halftime show and started running through the masked people. FYI, next gen. I know, I know we're talking about halftime show, but I've, I've been, I've been looking for this stat, the time to throw stat. Patrick Mahomes time to throw was 3.47 seconds. Tom Brady's was 2.27. That's yeah. wild. Yeah, Brady was getting the ball out quick. They, yeah, even if the Chiefs could have beaten the, the Bucks' offensive line, they were never going to be given the chance to. Um, it was, and honestly, I I think shame on Andy Reid a little bit for his game plan. I, I mean, how do you not run the ball at least a little bit? They had five carries for their running backs in the first half. And they were running the ball well when they did. I, mean, I think they were averaging over five or six yards a carry on those those five runs. But you just totally got away from it, and you couldn't block for Patrick Mahomes. It was clear that they couldn't. And the best way to slow down the pass rush is to either run at it uh, or, or you know throw some screens at it. They tried to throw a few screens, and you know Dave. Um, I keep I keep wanting to call him Levante David, but Devin White was having no part of that. Um, so I, I just – I don't know how they didn't try to run them out of that too high safety look because uh, they, they allowed them to sit in it because they kept trying to throw at it. It was – I thought it was a horrible game plan by Andy Reid, just like it, awful, It was awful. a classic – that's the Andy Reid that everybody knows in the postseason. That was postseason Andy Reid. Last year's postseason Andy Reid was a total mirage because he's known for choking and making bad decisions and and all that i mean that's what he's known for when he gets his teams into the postseason and you're right that the game was in reach all the way up till the fourth quarter you don't abandon the run game yeah it was i I thought it was over as soon as as soon as tampa scored that touchdown right after halftime i thought it was over i thought there was zero chance there i I thought there was a chance because the kansas city chiefs i mean that's the thing is that's the kansas city chiefs but 
you're the whole point was I don't even remember a lot of play action passes. I mean, that was something that stood out to me is I don't really remember a lot of that. And, you know, whether your run game is working or not, play action pass works. It buys you time somewhat. And it was just it was just bad game planning all over the field. All right. Welcome in Braden Gall, Braden of 440 Sports. Really appreciate you joining us this morning. Um, Super Bowl, was it the worst of all time or the worst of all time? <laughs> first, first of all, honored to be on the single greatest Titans podcast in the universe. Oh, I, I appreciate oh, single you. greatest. Thank you. Joining me, which is redundant, as my editors would tell me. Um, <laughs> I, you know, like the game sucked. <laughs> you know, I'm with you guys. I thought Devin White was the MVP. Of course, he wasn't going to win it. I thought it, without those two linebackers, that allowed Tampa's scheme to do whatever they wanted. And, and uh, you know, I think, Mike, you touched on that. Um, I also agree with you guys that I just the, – the, the halftime show just didn't fill the space for me. Like, I don't I – don't, I like the weekend's music, but it just didn't fill the space, right? It didn't really explore the studio space for me. So <laughs> I, 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 needed, I needed more from him. And um, although I, I guess if you're going to spend $7 million and get a meme out of the deal that's going to be used for like a decade – you know, to describe anyone who's ever in a chaotic situation the rest of their life. Maybe it is worth the $7 million. Like I'll, I'll spend that amount of money to be on everyone's phone for the next decade. I'm good with that. That's, that's true. That, that meme will live on because it, it is me <laughs> in the grocery store. My wife asked me for something that I'm not used to looking for in the grocery store. And I, I have to try to find it because grocery stores are horribly, horribly arranged. Just stay on the outside. Just, it's like, <laughs> it's like a modern NFL offense. Just stay on the outside of the grocery store and you're going to be fine. See, just, I'm just opposite. I could do supermarket sweep and win. Uh, really? I'm, I'm, an, I'm a supermarket sweep expert. I go, I do all the grocery shopping. And I actually hate it when Lauren goes with me because she slows <laughs> me down. And she either she's in front of the buggy and, and I'm about to run her over or she's pushing the buggy and she has no clue where she's going and she's too indecisive for me. I, get, I go in, I get my stuff, I get out. Th this yeah, is, I'm, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I'm the same way. I do that with clothing shopping. If I go in and try on a shirt and it fits, I just pick out two more shirts of the exact same kind yep. and different colors. I'm not, we're not trying on multiple items here. I found a pair of pants that fits multiple colors. I found a shirt that fits multiple colors, GTFO. Like I don't, I don't want to <laughs> hang out in there. I grocery shop the same way until I get distracted by, oh, pistachios don't have shells. You can do that now. <laughs> This is this is exactly how my family works. I, I go buying things and she goes shopping. There's a big difference. Yeah. I, I walk into a store knowing what I want to get. I walk in, yes. I acquire that object, and then I leave the store. I don't browse. I don't linger. I don't get distracted by shiny objects. I, am, I go buying. My wife goes shopping and do with that information what you will. So I'm, yeah. I'm with Zach on this one. You don't, don't come with me when I'm at Costco. Okay. Just don't come with me. Let me do it. I'm in and out in like 38 minutes. Okay. There's a lot of huffing and puffing when I have to bring Lauren when she has to come in. There's like a and like I don't do it size. within earshot. Like I, uh, the other day, we went to um, Whole Foods and we were making two different recipes and stuff. And I said, "You leave the cart here. You go get your stuff. I'm going to, over here." And then another time, we went to Publix. And I just left her and I said, because it, it was a madhouse in the produce section. I said, I just left her. I said, I will come back. You just stay here. It's like talking to a talking to like if I had a kid, like don't, don't go anywhere and don't talk to strangers. Like <laughs> that's what I feel like. Cause I just want to do it myself. That's just, that's just how I am. No vans with puppies. We're not doing this. No. So 
I was reading, I don't know if it's true or not, but I, I read a, a tweet yesterday and no, no one lies on the internet. So it had to be true no. um, of where the, the streaker that hit the field, put a bet on uh, put a prop bet on would there be a streaker at the Super Bowl? Mm. put a large prop bet. And apparently he had a buddy that ran out as a distraction so that he could get on the field. So I, I don't know how much of that is true, but I want it to be true so bad because if it is true, the guy won like $300,000 betting on himself. Oh yeah. That's a fantastic win for him. If that's true. I mean, right. Brilliant. That's controlling your own destiny. I, yeah, I, mean, I don't think you- it ended up being fake. I don't think oh. you can bet that because do you, can't that bet, you can't bet on something that you can, you, you yourself you as can the better can, yeah. uh, you know, make it's, happen. it's off season. Damn it. I need the lies. Okay. Sorry. I need, I need the stories. Sorry. <laughs> professionalism's dead. I killed it. Professionalism's I, dead. I told my wife that story yesterday afternoon. It's the first time she's encouraged me to get naked in, in quite a long time. So <laughs> It just please for the love of God, go get us some money. Go do it, son. Go do it. I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> Can do. Are we, are we done talking about the Super Bowl? Because it was just, I just don't care. Like Tom Brady won the MVP, predictable as shit. You don't he, bet he against. Didn't have. I mean, he played. He played fine. Like Michael. Oh, wow, oh. we lost him. His opinion was so poor that they just the <laughs> podcast cut him off. Well, no, it's because Tom Brady's deal with not just the devil but every other spirit hey hey mike you froze on us so you're gonna have to take a time out while we all talk and then we'll get back to to you i'm going to the penalty box (laughs) no you were saying all we heard was he didn't really deserve it yeah the bucks defense someone from the bucks defense should have got it i don't care if you give it to Devin white i don't care if you give it to shaq barrett uh, give it to Antoine Winfield for the, the epic peace sign. Uh, any of those guys. I mean, just give it to somebody on that defense. Give it to the whole defense or give it to Todd Bowles. I don't care. Like somebody from that defense deserved an award for what they did on the well, field. They deserve it, it for the whole postseason. And that's what the Tom Brady supporters do not get is that they they came, the Tom Brady supporters came and watched the Super Bowl and they think that they saw him play really well. And they think that, oh, well, the only reason that Tampa Bay is in the Super Bowl is because of Tom Brady. Well, no, this defense carried a bad Tom Brady these last two games, making horrible interceptions. They just made more interceptions. Like you said, they had more, they had more interceptions than they allowed touchdowns. I mean, this, this defense, and I was going to ask, has a team, team or one side of the ball ever won the Super Bowl MVP? I, I feel like they should have because I feel like those Patriots defenses earlier in Tom Brady's career. But I'm trying to remember who won the MVP in those giant Super Bowls. Maybe did Strahan win one of them or something like that? I can't remember who. Won but either that. way, I mean, we know the defensive players have won the Super Bowl MVP, and there have been a few recently, I feel like. But the whole team, you're right, the whole team deserved it. And listen, Tom Brady's the GOAT. I mean, he's the greatest of all time. Can't can't get around it. He's not only one of he's probably him and Wayne Gretzky and Michael Jordan and LeBron James are probably the four best most best winning athletes of, you know, all time it feels like. And but you all you had to do, all Tampa Bay had to do this offseason was continue building the defense and find a quarterback that would not throw game or backbreaking pick sixes and have 30 
interceptions. That's all they really had to do. They weren't a bad defense last year. They were number five in DVOA last year. They were number two in DVOA this year. That's it. Garrett Carr could have came in and made this team a contending team. I, I, I believe it. Would they win the Super Bowl? I don't know. But I will say this, that that's all you had to do for this team to go from a 7-9 and nine team. They went 7-9 and nine with a quarterback that threw 30 interceptions. 30. And he also had lost fumbles, and he was blind. They took a blind <laughs> quarterback and went 7-9. and nine. Okay. He had 35 turnovers in an NFL record seven pick six. Yeah. So yeah, Tom Brady's the goat, but Tom Brady was not the re Tom Brady was not the reason they made it to the Super Bowl. And this defense was. This defense held the Chiefs to zero touchdowns. Get a grip on the Tom Brady love outside of just saying Tom Brady did beat Father Time yet again. And he looked a lot better than Peyton Manning when he got carried to the Super Bowl by the Denver defense. And I, I think that Tom Brady's still the GOAT. It just, you know, let's, that doesn't mean, just because you're the GOAT doesn't mean you're the GOAT and the most elite quarterback every year. So, so Eli Manning won both of those yeah. Super Bowl MVPs for the Giants, which is shameful. Shame on you, MVP, <laughs> whoever you are, voters. Awful. Those <laughs> Giants defenses were the star of those Super Bowls. Old old Dexter Jackson for Tampa Bay, I think, back in like 02. Um, Ray Lewis, I think, won it for the Ravens in their Super yeah. Bowl. Von Miller won it for the, the Broncos a few yeah, years Von ago. Yeah, Von Miller and Malcolm Smith uh, yeah. won it for Seattle. It, does anyone truly care about the MVP? I mean, like, we all agree somebody else deserved it. Okay. Like... <laughs> we all knew who it's, was going to get it like it's kind of so for me it's kind of like the pro bowl thing right because like we all acknowledge that the pro bowl is in zach earmuffs um we, we all acknowledge that the pro bowl is kind of a sham the way that they do this right but at the same time i'm like this go like everyone talks about four-time super bowl mvp like that's one of the first things that comes up about a guy's career after the fact we should get it right like, we don't have to get it wrong for any reason. I mean, I guess the only reason we're getting it wrong is because the NFL wants to put Tom Brady up on the stage to make a speech or whatever. Um, but why why do we have to always get this wrong? Like, it, it shouldn't be that hard to give it to the right person. It should have been Devin White or, or Shaq Barrett. Come on. Let's just get it right while we're here. If, if we're going to do it, let's do it right. Yeah. Unfortunately, no, you're exactly right. It's It was more positioned for... Tom Brady just won a seventh Super Bowl ring. He can now wear a Super Bowl ring for every day of the week, which is very depressing, by the way. For very every depressing. JPP finger. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, th I knew that was going to come up. I was afraid if I brought up seven rings, you were going to bring up fireworks fingers. And you, you... <laughs> all I want is a picture of JPP wearing all of Tom Brady's Super Bowl rings. <laughs> Six, <laughs> son of a bitch. It's just so depressing to me that Tom Brady could like get up on a Wednesday and go, Oh, I wore Tuesday's ring today. Mm, that's gross. That's that's gross. Now that's, I've got to wait till is. Thursday to wear a different ring. Hey, dude, he was always going to be MVP. The only reason why I cared is because, again, I bet on it. I, I'm going to reference that multiple times in the show that I had fun betting on the Super Bowl, and now it's over. <laughs> I did as well. I, I, I had fat guy touchdown. And, oh. and the guy dropped it in the end zone. No. I, oh, man. My, both of my children, my four, my two-year-old, and my wife all looked at me like I had gone completely insane. Like, why is daddy screaming, running through the living room right now? And I was like jumping up and down going, come on. Like, you've got to be kidding me. I called it. I called it. And then lost I my $5. I had $5 on Tampa Bay to win the Super Bowl. Uh, put it down the 
when uh, back in November first, when it all became legal, I put it down uh, and it ended up getting seventy dollars. But I, you know, I wish I would have put more money on it. So another bet I had. NFL MVP, which actually, apparently, I'm not reading this award correctly. If I read it on NFL.com, the award is the AP Most Valuable Player Delivered by Pizza Hut. <laughs> oh. <laughs> really? Was, is the MVP trophy planted in the middle of a stuffed crust? <laughs> I wish in it the, was. The, the seventh best uh, national pizza chain. Should it have been Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, yes. I mean, ultimately, it's always going to go to a quarterback, whether that's like much like the Super Bowl MVP, you know, whatever. You know, it is what it is. I, I wish that other players would be able to get the chance to be a Super Bowl or not Super Bowl, but a, uh, the MVP of the league outside of a quarterback. Because, I mean, it is a quarterback that, you know, had Devontae Adams that had a really great pass-blocking offensive line that had – a great offensive scheme with play action and all this. So quarterbacks get do it's not a like I think the thing is is that yeah, it's a quarterback award apparently, but there's a lot of people that help that quarterback look good. And and you know, running backs it's it's them versus the defense and whatever the offensive line can do and you know, I'm not saying that Derrick Henry should have won it. I'm just making the case for Derrick Henry, but when you got no Taylor Lewan and this offensive line going in and out and you still somehow got 2000 yards and when every defense knows that you're going to get the ball cuz it's a run heavy uh offense it's still it's it's him versus the defense i mean it's him versus 11 other guys where the quarterback gets a lot of one-on-ones and maybe a couple of people coming in to pressure it but it's, it's Derrick Henry versus 11 guys zoned in on him like i i it goes to running backs not getting paid. It goes to all this stuff. There, it's it's many layers, right? It's just that if you, unless you're a quarterback, you shouldn't expect to win the MVP. Not to say that Aaron Rodgers didn't deserve it. I won money off Aaron Rodgers winning it, and I'm fine with that. Um, you know, so to me, it's like it is what it is, and that's just the state of the NFL and these awards and these recognitions. It is what it is, and it's probably never going to change. And I've just learned to accept it. So I agree with you that it's sort of like the autograph rule in college football. Like we all sort of disagree with the rule, but the rule is kind of in place. And so if the rule is in place, you have to follow it. And, and it, that's sort of what this is. Like the, the MVP is a quarterback award by and large. The Heisman is sort of into this category to some degree as well, although they broke the mold this year for the first time in 30 years, giving it to a wide receiver. I, I mean, my argument for Derrick Henry is just, let's just read the word most valuable player. Like, if you take Derrick Henry off of the Titans and you take Aaron Rodgers off the Packers, Mahomes off the Chiefs, if you take Josh Allen, the, the other two guys that got votes off the Buffalo Bills, what, what are those teams? And I don't, you know, I think it's hard to argue that the biggest, I mean, they're all going to have monumental differences and huge collapses of success with those four players off their teams. Now, do I think the Titans would be able to sustain that loss maybe more than the other teams? Maybe you could argue that. And that, you know, maybe that's the argument here. My only, my issue with, with Rogers in particular is just, you know, how historic his season was. If he had just been a regular old quarterback season, I, I think it would be, people would have a right to be very upset that Derrick Henry didn't get votes. I, I think 
if Rodgers didn't have one of the top three, four, five statistical seasons in the history of the NFL, I think then you'd, I, I think Titans fans should be screaming about this and say, why, why isn't, you know, you made all the points. Lawan is gone. The offensive line is rotating. You got, uh, you know, an injured AJ Brown and that you still managed to win the, win the division. Like I, I, you know, I think if Rogers numbers hadn't been what they were, I think you'd have a much better case for Derrick Henry, but I don't know how you solve the problem of the quarterback thing. Like, you cannot win Super Bowls without a team. You can, we just saw it. You cannot win a Super Bowl without a good defense. I don't, you don't have to be great on defense, but you need a good defense. It is the ultimate team sport, and yet we, you know, the quarterback is the guy that gets almost all the credit or all the blame. So I, I, don't, know how you, I don't know how we solve that problem in, in football, to be honest. I don't think there's a way. I think, I mean, Offensive Player of the Year, that's a great consolation prize, and I know that's not the prize that Derrick Henry wanted, but that's that's – the non-quarterback award. There should be the quarterback in the most valuable quarterback and the most valuable <laughs> non-quarterback player. And that's technically what that is. I mean, it, it is what it is. And I don't think there will ever be a way that we get away from this until people, until I think fans become a, a, a smarter, because I feel like the, for the most part, the media that gets to vote on these things or whoever decides these things, I think that until people get rid of quarterback wins, I don't think this problem will ever be solved because that's what everybody sees. They see, oh, well, Aaron Rodgers, you know, was first place in the NFC, first place in his division, the 12 and four. I, I very rarely think that fans think the way that most of us think in the way that you laid out the his statistical season. So, I think a lot. I think Derrick Henry gets a lot of backlash. I mean, you also see the Kansas City Chiefs fans talking about Travis Kelsey should have been Offensive Player of the Year over Derrick Henry. No, I, I mean, and let let me say something. The Chiefs fans that have been saying that since Derrick Henry won, they really got what they deserved on Sunday because they were vile about it. They were just so annoying with it. Well, I didn't get engaged in it, but what's I crazy saw. It. To me, is how many of them were like, well. Travis Kelsey did something that nobody's ever done before at the tight end position. And that's true. He had the most yardage of, you know, single season yardage of any tight end in NFL history, but let's, let's look at how the positions evolved, right? You know, tight end now is so much more of a pass catching position than it was, you know, you can basically throw out anything before the eighties for tight ends because they weren't pass catchers. They were glorified offensive linemen. Um, They, you know, started in the eighties to become pass catchers. And now with the game being as spread wide open as they are, they're almost wide receivers. I mean, Travis Kelsey for all intents and purposes is a jumbo wide receiver. That is the way he's used. That's the way he plays the game. He's not getting in and and blocking as a a tight end uh, normally would on a regular basis. They don't use him for that because that's not what he's good at. That's not what they should be asking him to do. Right it doesn't make what he did any less impressive necessarily, but it's got to be used in that context when you're looking at his numbers compared to a position that has changed a lot over the years. Running back has also changed, but running back has changed from being the focal point of every single team in the NFL where team players were getting the ball 20, 30 times a game all the time to, you know, much less used teams throw more now than they ever have in the past. 
the Titans are a little bit away from that mold because they do are a little bit more balanced. But even then, if you take a look at the Titans run pass ratio and compare it to like an average team from the nineties, the Titans throw the ball more than an average team from the nineties did. So there's less opportunity for running backs. Derrick Henry's doing something that has been done by only eight guys ever uh, in an era where you're not supposed to be able to do this anymore. Um, and nobody, if you want to throw in touchdowns, which obviously I think touchdowns matter, um, nobody's ever had 17 touchdowns in two, 2,200 or 2,027 yards. Only one other guy has reached 17 touchdowns and had over 2,000 yards. So Henry did do something that nobody else has, has ever done. He led his position group in every single position or every single statistical category, uh, something Kelsey didn't do. He was tied with Tunyon for touchdowns, and he was uh, actually behind Waller, I think, by a couple catches. So it, I'm surprised how many Chiefs fans thought that this was so clearly Kelsey's award and that Henry should not have been even considered. It was, that was the stunning thing to me. And then I, I saw one, uh, I guess it, he's a writer for the athletic that covers the chiefs brought up trade value and how the chiefs would laugh. If you offered Derrick Henry for Travis Kelsey straight up of, I mean, sure, of course they would, because one, they're two totally different offenses. Derrick Henry has way less value for the Chiefs than, than Kelsey does, and vice versa, frankly. Um, but it's, it's not the trade value award. That, that's not how we should give out awards. That should never be a basis for an award. It is your performance in that season and how special it was. And, and Henry's was absolutely special. But they would I- like to have Derrick Henry on Sunday. Can I ask you guys, all, all three of you guys, a question? Because I know how you, most of you guys feel about comparing Derrick Henry's season to Chris Johnson's season. And I think this is going to be a question we have to ask and answer and probably don't have an answer. Maybe for all of Derrick Henry's career, his legacy, post-career, whatever, and maybe he's just going to be so good that he puts this out of the conversation. But I know you guys feel that the Chris Johnson season, because I was listening to the show a couple months ago, that the Chris Johnson season was a little bit, I don't know if you want to call it more dynamic, more impressive, worse team, more dynamic as a weapon. If Derrick Henry just had the, the, the threat of being a more versatile back, he's clearly the best run, pure runner on the planet. Like it's not even close. He's the best pure runner of a football that of the, of any human being alive today. So if he had more of that in his game, more of what Chris Johnson did with like, what was it like 70 something targets, 50 plus receptions, 500 yards receiving, like the Barclays and like some of these guys that are doing today. And again, I think this is a conversation we're going to have Titans fans are going to have for the next 10 years with Derrick Henry. If he had some of that in his game, does, does it look different? You know, like do, do people feel differently about the award and about him? There's still a hesitation. I feel like to call him the greatest running back on the planet because he doesn't do some of the things that other guys do. Am I out in left field on this or is that a, a fair a fair question. I, for you I think it's a fair assessment. I mean, I think that people don't appreciate what he does because he doesn't do the dynamic stuff that is that is pass catching and all that stuff. Even though we have seen him take, you know, screen passes 75 yards to the house and stuff like that. We've seen him do it. He just doesn't do it consistently. And he's not really asked to do it. I mean, that's that's another big issue that I've kind of had with the offense in general is that I know he struggled a lot in pass catching actually this year, more so than previous years, but they don't really ask him to do that. Um, but you know, it, it's a, the, that's the problem with the modern NFL and the modern fan. They want to see, they don't appreciate 
old school type football. And like, to me, Tampa Bay's defense was old school type football. And you see the majority of people focus on the quarterback, right? Derrick Henry is an old school running back that has the speed of Saquon Barkley. I mean, like he's like Tyreek Hill. It shoved in speed and shoved into a skyscraper. Like the dude, it should be a very, people should actually watch. I know we're not a fun team to watch sometimes, but people should actually watch the Titans games more because they are, Derrick Henry is just a once in a lifetime kind of dude in the sense of the way he looks and the way he can get up to, you know, 20 miles an hour like that. I mean, I don't know if you can hear the snap, but you know, like that, like crazy. I mean, it's just, it's, he's a medical marvel as far as that's concerned. And I think that you'll, I mean, like we said on the podcast, the, the same podcast you're referencing. Yeah. It's Chris Johnson's is more impressive, but there's a good chance that at least Derek Henry could probably do 2000 yards again. I think he will do 2,000 yards again, partially because of the 17th game deal, right? I mean, so moving forward, you've got to look at all all volume stats and through the lens of, all right, they're playing more, more games now. Um, so I do think he gets to 2,000 yards again. Um, and that would be the first time that anyone's ever done that twice uh, in their career. And I think if he does that, that almost locks him in as a Hall of Famer. Um, but I do think the pass catching thing is is a question for him. Um, you know, as, as far as like if he's ever going to be up for an MVP award, if he doesn't, you know, start to contribute on that part of it. And I mean, it's a tough question because I, I really I, I love Derrick Henry. I think he's fantastic at what he does but I, I just don't think he has that skill set in him like he is not Christian McCaffrey he's not going to be running running crisp routes he's he's a long strider he's just not built to be a route runner pass catcher uh type guy I mean that's just not his physical skill set he is built to make one cut and just run through a guy's face like that is that's how he is, is set up to, to succeed and the Titans use him in that way they're maximizing what he does well um so I, I don't think they should shoehorn him into a, a role that he's not great at just because it helps his MVP case, right? I mean, you got to you gotta put your team in best best situation to succeed first. And if Darrington Evans, who I expect to have that role next year, is better at it than Derrick Henry is, then that's, you just got to use Darrington Evans. I mean, um, yeah, it, it, but I do think people will always bring that up when it comes to an award like MVP in, in Derrick Henry because of the value of the passing game and all that stuff, um, especially with, with analytics uh, folks. I know we discussed it earlier in the season, but, you know, I'll say it again that I, I was certainly more impressed with Derrick Henry's road to 2000 and hitting 2000 than Chris Johnson because Derrick Henry's was done in the middle of a season that was, you know, towards the end of they were still competitive. They're, I mean, <laughs> up until the playoffs, <laughs> but it was a, a team that was still competitive team that looked like it still had, you know, quite a bit left to play for, whereas – towards the end of the Chris Johnson 2000 season, that that's it. They were just playing to get CK 2K. So uh, it, it, uh, I agree with Mike. I, we're going to see 2000 again is what I think is, 
it will be impressive out of this is that the extra 17 game does help, but if he rips that off, I mean, you know, there it is. It, it cements him. I, yeah, it's uh, I, I think I like it better than, than, than Johnson's 2k. I also don't think it matters to the Titans winning games. <clears throat> like let Derrick Henry be Derrick Henry. And that's how you win games. Like, yeah. like, like you said, Mike, you don't have to shoehorn, shoehorn him into a, a role that doesn't help you win games. <laughs> like, like why, you know, why would you do that? And so I, I just think he, what, what he does well is, is how you win and why go away from that. And I think one day, you know, I don't know when that day is, but people will understand that th- this was like a human evolution experiment playing out before our eyes. Like that this is the NFL undefeated against the human body. And Derrick Henry is like the, the next evolution of the human body. And so we'll see if it works. Let's see if you can give him 400 carries for four straight seasons. Let's see if he can do it. Cause he's the first one I've ever seen that could probably do it. Or skipping over the best NFL honors though. I mean, you haven't even touched on the Bud Light Selly of the year, not celebration. It is literally spelled Selly, which makes me want to throw up. Apparently, it went to Chase Claypool, the Bud Light Selly of the Year. So take that, Aaron Rodgers. Get your MVP trophy out of your pizza. My, you, you didn't get the Bud Light Selly of the Year. My wife asked me four times this season what that meant, and I did not have an answer for her at any <laughs> of those moments. The the best celebration, by the way, was the Senior Bowl keg stand celebration. I know yes. it doesn't it doesn't qualify for the NFL, but technically they're about to be NFL players, so maybe it should. But that keg stand celebration at the Senior Bowl was amazing. How many fantastic. NCAA officials were just mortified at that? Again, <laughs> again, j- jiggling jowls. <laughs> reprehensible that student athletes would be acting like they drink in this manner. Uh, as long kids. as money doesn't change hands without the NCAA getting their hand in there to, to take a little off the top, they're good. Someone get them an envelope of $1,000 and stop this mess in the end zone. <laughs> Can we please talk about the girl who gorilla glued her hair? Like, I, <laughs> which MVP award? Or which uh, which which uh, NFL honors did she win? Uh, the the why would you put gorilla glue in your hair award? I, I just don't I don't like. Okay, so uh, let me let me pull this story up because I would like to get her name correct. Um, uh, a woman by the name Tessica Brown ran out of her usual hairspray hairspray that is called got to be glued hairspray i've actually seen this before it comes in like a green bottle Been so she decided, the 90s yeah that's yeah very 90s uh she decided to use gorilla glue adhesive spray now now off gorilla glue's website let me read you the description of this adhesive gorilla glue gorilla spray adhesive is heavy duty multi-purpose and easy to use the adhesive forms a clear permanent bond that is moisture resistant and can be used on projects both outdoors and indoors you can glue two cars together with this shit it is moisture resistant and you decided to spray this in your hair and she has been on instagram and tiktok releasing videos of her trying to get this out of her hair apparently quite a few people are sympathetic of it i'm sure it's terrible I, i mean she's had to go to the hospital people are telling her to shave her head she refuses to do it but she is now threatening to sue Gorilla Glue for spraying adhesive in her hair, and she can't get this shit out. But she had to go to the hardware section or the craft section to get this. Yes. It's not in the hairspray yes. section. It's not in anywhere in there. Now, if it is on the end cap, 
<laughs> then you should be suing the store you bought it from. Okay, so if it's on the end cap to the hairspray thing, then maybe, yeah, I can kind of see it. Or maybe you saw it in, in like a, one of those uh, middle aisle racks or whatever that had a specialty Gorilla Glue display, and it was near the hair products. If that's the case, you don't need to be suing Gorilla Glue. You need to be suing like wherever you got it, whether Walmart, Walgreens, it doesn't matter. That's who you need to be suing. But if you physically went to the hardware section or the arts and crafts section, wherever it may be, and decided I am going to, I'm my hairspray, my got to be hairspray is gone. I better go get glue. <laughs> then that's on you. Like that's on you because there's other hairsprays. You get big, sexy hairspray. Then the red bottle, there is a you know, <laughs> Tresemme hairspray spray. I mean, I've seen them all. Exactly I mean, like very impressive. Uh, listen, I've been hairspray. using hairspray and I've been using uh, mousse and everything since the '90s. Like I've used got to be when it was like just gel uh, and not even hairspray. So I've used a lot of hair product. I know the men's hair product. And I know that it's the same. It's right there in the women's section too. Amazing. You know, I know my hair. And that's that's why I still have a lot of it right now. And, it, you know, it, it's, it's very th thick, strong hair. It's not going anywhere. I know it looks like it does, but I just have a big forehead. Zach, is this, <laughs> is this indicative of someone that is in the grocery store without a plan? <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, this is someone that said, oh, my, I don't see any uh, celery. I better go buy uh, some sticks of cream cheese to uh substitute celery in my okay. recipe that's it's the same i was gonna go with, i was gonna go with rat poison like yeah. oh no celery let's go with <laughs> rat, poison rat poison about a throat spray the spray paint should work i, I, I want to know what do they put on the inside of the like the the actual dispenser of the spray to keep it from becoming completely glued shut because i feel like that's what we should put in our cars like what? Like if that stuff is so luby, and you can just shoot Gorilla Glue through that spray, and it never, <laughs> and it never clogs. Like you see what I'm saying? Like that that should be on all the hinges in my doors. That should be in my truck. Like that's whatever they put on the inside of the can. That's what I want on all the things that need to be lubed up in my life. Like why don't they build the entire airplane out of the black box? I mean, it, it, no. there you go. why, why are we? Why that, do men have nipples? <laughs> it's that exact question. Here's here's my problem with the whole situation though. We have reached a very dangerous point with the like dumbing down of our society where you can't name something got to be glued because people will confuse it with, oh, this is glue. Like that, that's how stupid we are. It's, it's the movie Idiocracy. If you haven't watched it, it's like an old movie from like the 90s, Mike Judge. Uh, it's fantastic but it's becoming, it's like, it's almost too prophetic <laughs> now because we're, as we go down the road, you can see these things happening and you're like, you know, <laughs> the, the whole thing is like, you know, it's, it's marketing uh, like sports drinks as like, it'll make your plants grow stronger and, and they kill all their plants because they're putting Gatorade on them instead of water. Like the, these are the things I can see this happening like in, and, and it's so scary. And, and you hear stories like this and you're like, these people are helpless. Like who is failing these people? And we just, ha we have to do a better job. Like go read a book, learn something new today, please. I'm begging you all. Like, I'm, I know listeners to this podcast don't fall into this category, but 
tell your friends, tell other people on the internet, go read books, go learn something about the world. Like, cause this is scary shit. When people started eating Tide Pods, I just gave up on <laughs> expecting anything more from society. Well, that that's Florida. We could just move them all to Florida. Like if you want to do that, like, do we know that's a good idea. Is, is she from Florida? Tessica? I mean, it'll be underwater soon anyway, so yeah, let's we, move them all, all to Florida. All expense paid, permanent vacation to Florida. <laughs> We're just going to send you all down there. Go. It's a giant timeshare down there just for idiots. Just go. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. <laughs> so, unfortunately, no no Florida. That's close enough. <laughs> way, way better food. Way better food in Baton Rouge. You know what? I say people, I, I say, let people do it, right? It's like as a kid, if you stick a nickel in the socket, you're going to learn real quick not to do that again. So just some Darwinism, you know, is that, does that make me a bad parent that like when the burner's on and one of the, the kids is getting close, I'm kind of like, no, honey, let's see what happens. <laughs> does that make me a bad parent? Cause, yeah, cause I, I look at her, <laughs> I look at her and I go, she won't do it again. After, that, <laughs> after that. that is the yeah. best way to deter that behavior is, this, is actually doing it. This is going to go one of two ways. Either she's going to burn her hand or we're going to end up with steak au poids. I mean, you never know. I mean, it's <laughs> a miracle could happen in front of that burner. We'll see it. The bottle, the Gorilla Glue bottle is bright orange and says heavy duty spray adhesive. I just don't know how you just, you looked at this canister and thought, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. We're spraying it in her hair. Let's do this. Let's see what happens. And she and I holds just, it, it up to the camera and it says spray adhesive heavy duty. Like, I mean, she's holding it up in, to the camera. And she refuses to shave her head. And now she's wanting to sue Gorilla Glue. Gorilla Glue had put out a statement yesterday. I don't have it in front of me, but it's basically like, yeah, you're not supposed to use this for hair. And we sympathize with her and wish her the best of luck. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Don't do that. I, don't. Don't spray your hair with with glue. I, I use Gorilla Glue to like put furniture back together in my house and stuff like that. I mean, it's like it's unbelievable stuff. It's it's really fantastic. Unbelievable. Seven hundred. She has a GoFundMe that she started, and her, I'm assuming either a sister oh, no. or a mother, or maybe on. even a significant other. Uh, and she's raised thirteen thousand four hundred twenty-seven dollars. Oh my god. 13 grand for spraying your hair. I'm going to go break my foot and put it back together with a weld. You don't all knock, start me at GoFundMe. Don't knock the hustle, boys. Don't knock the hustle, all right? Uh, what product can I use incorrectly as a fundraiser? Hey, hmm. If, you, if you're going to complain about her being dumb and the rest of America being dumb, then you got to complain about the people donating the money too. So oh, 100%. Don't, don't knock the Those hustle, baby. Are- those people are dumber than she is. Like she might be the smart one. There's people in the comment section just throwing in like Bible verses and stuff. But someone goes, <laughs> I've spray painted my hair to a crisp and had to shave it off. I feel you. And gave him $10. What? Oh <laughs> like, my why gosh. would you even spray paint your hair? Yeah. Uh, I guess like instead of like hair dye, just, oh, well, I'll go get a, a can of Valspar and get after it. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of instead of Flonase, I'm just going to set off some bear mace in my nostrils, and I really look forward to the GoFundMe. So thank you. That'll really guys. clear things up. I, I heard it extremely Re- really kind of you all on the F words pod to to support me setting off a can of bear mace in my nostrils. It's uh, very kind of you. <laughs> yeah, thoughts, so and pra- plung- thoughts and prayers. Thoughts yeah. and prayers. My, my plunger broke, so I just bought a can of C. Like I just bought a, a stick of C four, and I'm gonna stick it down there and, and see what happens. So. Well, you got to go fund me for my bathroom remodel. Unlike the most valuable player of the year, this show has not been delivered to you by Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut does not sponsor us. 
And that's a shame because they should. We'll take you pizza. Bring it on. I will eat a pizza for every show. Actually, I won't. No, please don't do that. Um, <laughs> it's been football and other efforts. Really appreciate you all tuning in as always. We're brought to you by broadwaysportsmedia.com. Please come check us out. We are very, very thankful that Braden Gall was able to join us. Owner and proprietor of 440 Sports Media. Braden, you got anything going on you would like to uh, throw oh, out sure. there? Yeah, like all like other podcasts. Yes, lots of podcast. If you care about the Preds <laughs> sucking, uh, we've got the Gold Standard <laughs> podcast. Please check that out. Uh, really great episode with Mike Keith. I hope everybody listened to uh, him tell a whole lot of stories last week on uh, Lamestream Sports. Comes out every Friday. We've got a college football podcast that I do as well, uh, Fringe Element, and uh, all the great stuff from Broadway Sports Media. So uh, honored to be on the show, fellas. I, I listen every week. Uh, first time, long time here on the program. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, yes. Oh, it, was, it was awesome to have you on. Yeah, I'm very happy to have you Go on. on. In, all, in all seriousness, 440, please check it out. Very, very good content on 440. I'm not just saying that because we're a part of it. It actually is <laughs> damn good content. And I'm really glad that we have another podcast that is talking about the Preds sucking because I'm not mentally there yet <laughs> to talk about the Preds sucking. We're going to have to get to that at some point, though. I'm interested uh, to see how they rebound uh, on, well, Today, we're recording this on Tuesday, and you should be listening to this on Tuesday. But tonight, they have their second of a back-to-back with the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm interested to see how the players-only meeting turns out and if if we lose, if the Predators lose 4-1 to or if they actually make it competitive or win because of the players-only meeting last night. I thought that was interesting. Like, is Jack Easterby loose in the locker room? (laughs) (laughs) The Houston-Texas situation? Like, are they showing up and it's turned into young life and it's gotten out of hand? I mean, Heinz is also bald, so maybe it's just like you can't have bald guys in in, uh, in a sports organization. <laughs> Let me try this outro one more time. Football and other upwards. We get distracted. Shiny things. We opened the episode talking about that we go into the store with a mission, and I can't even end the podcast without getting distracted like a laser pointer with a cat. Appreciate you tuning in as always. You have been effed. A Broadway Sports Media Production.